All right, guys, welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast, where I talk hunting, entrepreneurship, and the daily grind, and what it takes to earn success. And today, I have an extra special guest. Remy Warren is on the show today. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. How, how's life in the fast lane? It's good. It's really good. Uh, just got, um, just essentially grinding, man. Just got, uh, this is kind of a busy time of year for me, just trying to play a little bit of catch up but also spend a little bit of family time as well, try to squeeze that in nice. too. So it's a big balance, but it's a lot of fun. But wait, it's supposed to be the off season. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've tried to schedule my life so there is no off season and it's worked pretty well so far. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, you and I were kind of joking around before this uh, podcast talking about how we go hard on three or four different things. It gets a little crazy once in a while, but you were saying like, man, you wouldn't work this hard if you didn't love it. Oh, absolutely. I think it's one of those things like, um, you know, if I look at the hours that I get all this kind of stuff, it's just like 16 plus hours a day when I'm in the office and I'm thinking, even if I, and then, you know, and then being gone a lot too. So uh, if it wasn't something that you love, it'd be really, really hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's the thing is it doesn't even feel like work because you just love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. We're excited to have you. So, um, you know, you and I have done some similar things in, in terms of hunts and whatnot. So we'll kind of touch base on that. One is going to be Kyrgyzstan. Um, but we're, we're going to, I wanted to talk a little bit with you about backpack hunting. And I, I know yeah. that's one of your passions. Uh, it's also one of mine, but it's also a grueling type of hunt. And talk a little bit about your love with, of backpack hunting. Yeah. I mean, for me, backpack hunting is just kind of like, I think it's, it's that it's just a very pure form of hunting. And I love that challenge of it. And I love just getting away. I, I think it's, I started doing it because um, it was just a way to get away from the crowds and have uh, essentially areas to myself and hunt animals that were acting like animals, not animals that were acting like they're being pressured. Uh, and so I think that like, that's kind of what started it for me. And also I kind of, it, when I actually started backpack hunting, uh, my mom's family was way into backpacking, but didn't hunt. So oh, okay. as a kid, I'd go on like backpacking trips and there wasn't a lot of information on like quote unquote backpack hunting. And I just remember thinking like, man, I bet I could do both of these things at the same time. And that'd be pretty sweet. And so I started at a pretty young age, just like putting on my pack and going back there, camping out and hunting. And, uh, I, I, re I just really enjoyed the experience of it. And then it's just kind of continued on. And a lot of the species that I like to chase, it's conducive for backpack hunting. Yeah, so sure. they're in the mountain type stuff and it's an easy way to kind of access areas and, and plan your hunt that way. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's backpack hunting is like a progressive learning thing. It's like you go, you're like, man, I, I probably shouldn't bring these canned beans and peaches anymore. Cause it's like super heavy in my pack. And it's, yeah. it, you know, early on, you probably were doing some of these things, these things like, what can I pack? I mean, there wasn't like this knowledge of like freeze dried meals 15 years ago, I feel like, or maybe I'm just stupid hunter, but, um, it's, it's funny how that progresses and how your kit gets better e even each year. Oh, for sure. I'm constantly just like adjusting things. And I always think about it. Like I started out one way and obviously gear changes and you try new things. And sometimes you add something for comfort, but take something away for weight. And I just got like this way of, I kind of refine my kit by if I've taken it and I, I, I realize like in my pack, whatever I was taking, there's certain things that I just never used yeah. or rarely used. Yeah. So I kind of refine it over the years of just like kind of having the bare minimums of the things that I think are nice and, and really helpful, 
and then not having too much stuff and not having too little stuff. So it's kind of a balance, but it's, it's always changing as well. There's always new stuff coming out or find, you know, maybe you're like, ah, I'm sick of doing it this way and try something different too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I told a few of my buddies, we're going to have you on the show. And I said, Hey, if you could ask Remy some questions, what, what would you have me ask him? And some of those questions were your fop, your top five pieces of backpacking gear. So non partner related. So, just stuff that you, you use, you, you don't you don't promote per se, but you just have it because you believe in it and like it that we maybe don't know about that you don't either yeah. put on your show or your YouTube channel or whatever. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I mean, uh, my there's certain things that I always have with me, and they're kind of obscure items. Uh, I think, uh, well, one of the one thing that I always have is like this little Sea to Summit dry bag. It's uh, I don't know, it's a, I think it's like a liter. Uh-huh. Um, I use it just to kind of it's super lightweight. They've got like a bunch of different weights in them. Um, I use that to like keep my, say like my puffer dry, keep my cameras dry or whatever. But as the thing that I really use it for is I stuff my like down jacket in it mm. and use it as a pillow. I found nice. that it's like, that is like a, a good night's sleep. You cannot, you just really can't get yeah. something better in the backcountry. It's like if I were to pick one thing, I've kind of adjusted my sleep system over the years to kind of make it about like sleeping super comfortable. And right. I, I didn't always do that, but I found that the more rested I am, like the more energy I have throughout Definitely. the day. Definitely. You've, you've woken up with that crooked sore neck before I take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, and I've tried those like terrible inflatable pillows. Like they just don't work. They slide all <laughs> over. It's like, they're just garbage in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, I found that that per, like that leader bag stuffed with clothes or yeah. whatever is I sleep really well with it. That, like that's that. interesting. And that's one of the main reasons. So that's what and I it's do got, too. I like every I like stuff with multiple uses. So it's like that also works to keep stuff gear separated and whatever. Um, so I really like that. Uh, cool. Another thing that I always have is like just a uh, contractor garbage bags. Hmm. Uh, like I use them for pack liners, but I've used them for other stuff too. Like. They just have so many uses. I've crossed creeks and streams and rivers with them. Um, is like makeshift waders underneath my gators. Oh, nice. Uh, I use it like uh, if I'm like up on a – sometimes you get up in the high country and there's like a little bit of a glacier or snow melt, mm-hmm. but it's not really like running water. So I'll take that contractor bag. I'll just fill it with snow and then cut a little hole in the bottom. And then I set my bottle there and just leave it in the sun all day and it melts wow. that snow really fast. That's a good or idea. You, can, you don't even have to cut it. You can just set it, put the snow on top of it. And it funnels it right into your bottle. So I'll just have like a two liter bottle. Nice. I'll stick it under there. I'll go do my hunt. I come back. I've got water that's ready to drink. Do you filter that after the fact? You just drink it? I mostly just drink it, but it just depends where I'm at. Like if it's super dirty, yeah, yeah. I probably would filter it. But um, I've gone a long time without filtering water, but I just started recently kind of filtering a little bit more. Nice. Um, I've had Jardia before. It's not really fun. <laughs> my dad actually got it this year too. Oh, so. dang. Um, but I've been, yeah. And then I guess on the filtering side, I've been running a, uh, SteriPen. Oh, uh, I think like, yeah, I, I've done everything, tablets, uh, pumps. I just got sick of pumping stuff. So SteriPen seems to work pretty good. Dude, pumping will wear you out. I, we, yeah. Nick and I went on a recent DIY moose hunt in Alaska and it was like pumping stuff just wore us out. Especially when that filter gets plugged. It's like, man, yeah. you just get tired. It depends. It depends where you're at though. Like if I'm in somewhere, it's just like mud water, then I'd probably just bring a pump. But, uh, I've been, yeah, the stair pen seems to work. Like you can keep it in your pocket. It's light. It's like, I'm not really worried about, uh, originally I was worried about like, Oh, the batteries and stuff like that, but I've never had it not work. So, um, 
that's another thing that I, I definitely carry if I'm doing like water filtration, purification kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then it's another piece of gear that I've got. Uh, I mean, I always have some, I, I think like oh, pretty much standard in a lot of people's kit. I've always got some kind of cordage. Uh, you know, I just find a lot of uses for it, paying quarters and other things, but uh, I'm trying to think there's probably one other piece of gear that I always have. That's kind of like unnecessary. While you're thinking about that, I want to talk to yeah. talk about the Steri pin. So we, when he, Nick, my buddy, we were hunting in the same trip moose, uh, gosh, the battery, I don't know. It just wasn't lighting up. It's how, how it's supposed to, and I don't have one, so I'm not quite sure how it works, but I mean, that made us a little nervous how, when he was stirring it or whatever, it wasn't lighting up. I don't know if you've had that issue with it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to light up though. Cause that light's just for your, uh, it's just to make it look nice for you. The, the UV <laughs> light's invisible. So it doesn't, the stuff that actually kills the bacteria has no visible light. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought well, like when you're supposed to be done stirring that the light goes off or something, maybe that's not the case. Oh yeah. I think there's like a safety thing of like green light. And if you pull it out too soon, then it turns red. Yeah. Um, at least the one I have, the one I have is pretty old, but yeah. Uh, generally it's like to let you know whether it's good or not, like yeah. whether you accidentally pulled it out or it's because it's, it's a based off time. So, right. um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've never had any problems with it. Right on that garbage bag tip. That's solid. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I mean, I use it obviously mostly the primary reason I have, it's just for packing up, keeping blood out of all my stuff. Yeah. Um, especially in grizzly country or whatever. Like I just, it's way cleaner. It keeps the meat cleaner too. And then just when it's in the pack, it's just as a, pack liner so i still use the game bags and everything but i just line my pack with it oh nice it's like husky contractor grade garbage bags or whatever nice trash compactor bags something like that unscented obviously but yeah good cleanup for the way out when you get home or whatever less uh less crap to have to deal with yeah exactly like nothing worse than or like getting your pack all bloody and then it being like really rainy and then it's just like bear bait for the rest of the season yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get out e- so. exactly no that's cool man i definitely learned some things there thanks for sharing some of that stuff um yeah. one of the next questions i didn't really have outlined for you in an email here but i'd like to ask you so i i know i know tim pretty well tim burnett i know that yeah. you kind of uh cut your teeth in uh in in solo hunter like when you were doing all this adventure stuff, the stuff that you already love to do, did you, how did you meet up with Tim? And, wh- and I don't know if you ever podcasted about this, but how, what were your aspirations to get into this industry and, and do what you were doing? Or did Tim just know that you were hardcore enough that you would take that extra level of effort to do that self-filming stuff? I mean, talk a little bit about that inception because me filming my hunts too, dude, you have to work your ass off. Not only just to film oh, yeah. a hunt, but to even do it solo. And I film solo hunts too, dude, it is so much work, but in my mind, I'm like, I have to think about this dynamic between you and Tim and his level of confidence and trust and that you, you were going to do it you, and that you could do it. So I'd like to talk about the dynamic and, and just a little bit about that. Cause I think that's absolutely incredible that unless you've done it, a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, no. Um, so it's actually kind of funny. So I, uh, I kind of always wanted to do some TV stuff. And I was like, I had no clue how to get into it. I was just guiding. I was filming all my like clients hunts and, and I didn't have anybody to, that would like go with me on anything. So I actually just started filming my stuff like well before solo. Hunt. Oh, had, okay. You know what I mean? So I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't know how to make a TV show, but I'm just going to film as much as I can and I'll gain some experience and maybe figure something out along the way. So I just started filming myself because I didn't have any other way to do it. And I liked being able to share those videos and stuff. And then I saw something, I can't even remember. It was like on 
maybe I was, I, I didn't even have TV. So I must've been at someone's house and like a commercial came up for like, Hey, solo hunter is looking for your footage. Oh, really? and so I was like, well, okay. And I was like, yeah, sweet. And I sent a, I sent in like an email. I just wrote down the thing and sent in an email and, uh, was like, yeah, I've got like, um, I think I had like 35 hunts films. Oh my <laughs> god! Including like a 380 bull being shot, uh, you know, 200 inch mule deer. That's insane. A bunch of other stuff. And, um, and so he was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, you know, I can mail it in. And he sent me the address and I was like, oh, that's three miles away from me. Oh, <laughs> down there in Reno. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was like literally just right down the street and uh, had no clue. So, um, yeah, so I like did that. And I think like the first couple seasons, it was like, you know, I mean, because I had so much stuff, it was like 90% my stuff. And then I just, you know, obviously continued and just got better at it as the years went on and got different cameras and different equipment. Dude, that's just, insane. Uh, yeah. 35 hunts. Yeah. Before yeah, you I even thought it, you just, did you just want to practice or did you think one day I'm going to use this for like something? Um, no, nah, I mean, my whole philosophy has been like, if I don't, like, let's say I just don't know how to do something. I was just like, I just start doing it. And so that was my process of just starting to do it. And I thought some of it was pretty good at the time too, where I was like, some of it was maybe just me, like it was self-filmed, but it was like me while taking a client or like a friend and then filming myself when I was on my own hunts. Um, and so I just was a constant, I just constantly filmed stuff. I mean, I started filming stuff when I was 13 years old. Like I just always, every hunt, I just started filming. It was almost like and, you're born uh, for this, man. Yeah. And so I just, it was more of a, like, uh, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to get a TV show. I don't know anything about TV stuff, but if I film everything I can, at least I can like start to figure things out maybe. And so I just started doing it. Like, yeah, I'm just going to film my own TV show for my own self. It was really just, I mean, most of the time I, I just edited the stuff and like, you know, like me and my buddies had like little films that we would make, like, you know, you just get your buddies together around yeah. tag draw season. We like, we'd watch these DVDs. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's like, it's like rap mixtape days, but it's just like hunting videos and passing them out. Like, check this out. This is oh, awesome. Yeah. Give them to clients and stuff like or that. Or you got ACDC uh, playing as you're hiking in on a buck or something. Oh yeah, dude. It was uh dude, I had a lot of Led Zeppelin. So it was <laughs> all good stuff. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's kind of how some of our first videos started. And um, obviously your level of production is uh, sky high now. And we can talk more about that. But, um, dude, what a cool story that you just grinding out those hunts. Had no idea what you're going to use them for. And, you know, every time you hike past the camera, whether it's you or Tim, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. That's got to suck to set up that tripod, walk past it when you're already smoked, carrying out a buck, or you just want to get home like, people don't understand like what it takes to earn success. And that's literally working your ass off when no one's watching, no one's looking and people don't understand the the level of effort it goes into not only filming a hunt, but like doing a solo. So every time you walk past that tripod, I'm like, dude, that must suck. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the part that actually sucks is the part that people don't see. Cause I'm, you're always carrying the camera on the tripod and you're always carrying your bow. So you've got, oh, yeah. you have no hands to catch yeah. yourself. It's like, and you're like, your arms are just like, you just like carrying big weights all day. It's, uh, Getting it's tennis elbow and wearing your, wearing your shoulders out because they're so exhausted. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. But look what it's, I mean, look what it's done for you. I mean, oh, yeah. just the work that you put in and, and what you've created for yourself and, and who you are now, obviously you always believed in it, but it's, it's crazy how much time and effort goes into making this, person 
into professional. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's been a lot of time. Uh, you, you mentioned the 380 bull and the, and the big 200 inch mule deer um, that you caught on camera ever before Solo Hunter started. I think I saw those two episodes. Um, was it that big, heavy buck across the draw that you went and stalked in and killed? Yep. Yeah. That. So that was one of your and first then, ever. Yep. That was one of the first solo episodes. And I actually had a buddy with me on that, but he didn't really know how to do a camera. So I was like, kind of like, you know, like, okay, just make sure it's pointing <laughs> the right direction kind of thing. That's awesome. Um, you know, I mean, obviously that was filmed like, I think three or two years before solo hunter ever existed. And then cool. the, uh, the elk kind of a, a similar deal. Um, uh, there's a big velvet bull that I shot in Nevada. Was that a muzzleloader then, bull? Uh, uh, our, uh, no, it was a rifle. It was a rifle that bull. Was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've watched those two hunts. Pretty incredible. Capture that kind of stuff on film. Yeah. Um, top five hunts all time. Um, you mean just like specific hunt? It could be adventure. It could be the level of adventure, the, 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 obviously the, the level of the animal. It could be the yep. country, the experience. I, I want to hear your top five favorite hunts of all time. Um, I mean, one of them is that, that big mule deer that I shot across that Canyon. Uh, I mean, it was just one of those, like, obviously it was a big buck and that's really cool, but, uh, just the way that that hunt worked out, I think was just, uh, I don't know. They, there was, a uh, there's a lot of backstory to it as well, but, um, I think that just like the way that that actually worked out was pretty sweet. It's one, one of my favorite deer that I've ever taken. And just like one of the hunts that really, really, I think about it, it's just like a, it, it was an awesome day. You know, yeah. like sometimes you go out and you're like, sometimes the difference between that day and any other day is is not very much, but it just, it worked out right yeah. and made all the right moves and, and like it came together. Um, I'd say another top hunt was last year, uh, I guess it would have been yeah, 2020. Um, my wife got her first deer with a bow. Oh, that's and cool. She was, she, was, she was pregnant and she was like really dedicated, man. It was like pretty crazy to see because it was the, pretty much the month of December. I was in Alaska uh, up until the 8th. So we had from like the 8th till I think the end of, the month and we hunted she hunted i can't remember there's like the entire season though every day including christmas day like she was dedicated and uh wow. and she finally got her buck like three days before the end of the season um and just like i think she was four months pregnant at the time oh, wow. like that and it was snowing and cold like it's a cold weather migration hunt and uh yeah there's like major ups and downs you know you get in like a lot of stuff that didn't work out and then uh, finally got a buck and that was just like a, a really cool experience of just seeing her like just yeah. i was just like okay at any point like you know it's okay if you don't get one and she's just determined <laughs> and, and we went out every day and uh, it was a lot of fun that's a cool story uh, yeah yeah it was pretty cool um so that, that is definitely one of my top hunts and then um i mean i love like big mountain hunts so chasing tar in new zealand yeah i've uh, seen a lot of those episodes yeah those, i mean there's not necessarily there's a couple of places that i really like a couple of places in new zealand that i like to hunt and they're just it's around that glacier country kind of stuff and it's just really rough country and there's some good bulls in there they actually aren't as big as other places but it's just like some gnarly country and i, I love going in there and uh finding a, a good bull tar it's fun to chase him with a bow too it's such yeah. a challenge and such a crazy country like every day every day there is just such an adventure because those yeah. mountains are so gnarly is it the remoteness not seeing other people too that you enjoy i know sometimes i enjoy that but yeah i mean like i generally just pick a spot and like cover the range over five to ten days and i've you know rarely ever will you see another person 
and it's just like you know cliffs and mountain climbing and you got to use your ice axe and river crossings and oh, glacier cool. crossings and yeah. i've got I'll, I'll have crampons with me and the whole deal like it's mountaineering and hunting it's pretty crazy yeah that is cool i've had like some sketch and so a lot of the sketchy places i go i haven't even filmed those it's just like more of a personal hunt yeah um just because it's like yeah i mean if you have your camera out and you're gonna die yeah <laughs> yeah not, exactly it's just not feasible um but yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely one of my favorite hunts. Um, Sometimes the level of adventure is just, adventure. just awesome on, on, on the hunt. And it, it just means so much. It's like, sometimes for me, the harder the hunt, the more I enjoy it. Even though you're like yeah. thinking the whole time, like, this is stupid. Yeah, exactly. That's like, I mean, there's been times where I'm like, I'll never do this again. And then I'm like, ah, but maybe I'll go do it for time. Um, yeah, the, those, those hard hunts are definitely ones that like, are very memorable. I, I think another, I would say another very top hunt, maybe, I mean, maybe this is even one of my top ones is, uh, my brother and I went elk hunting on a fog Island. Okay. And, I've watched um, that episode too. Uh, yeah, actually we haven't, um, we haven't, uh, there's no videos of that. Oh, so I haven't watched that episode then. I, no, but I, I remember uh, you on a fog at some point. Yeah. I've been there multiple times. Um, I've done a lot of hunts there, but, uh, I have the, the, I filmed the, my brother and I filmed the entire thing. It's probably in my opinion, one of the coolest things ever filmed and I've never edited it. It's like, I just keep running out of time. I don't yeah. know why. Cause like I, it's so good. I want it to be good and I just haven't had the time to commit yeah. to it. Um, it is in my opinion, like one of the coolest hunts I've ever been on. And it's, it's not hard to find the elk or whatever, but uh, getting the elk back was struggle like we had to go up this 3000 foot range and then down another 3000 feet through just like shit country super wet with you know for we care we killed two elk which were about oh, 1400 wow. pounds a piece so yeah because um, they're big yeah they're huge yeah we i mean on that trip like we were dying um yeah so it was like uh i mean what was it um 100 hundred pound packs for 40 moving hours on our oh my GPS. gosh yeah so it's like 40 hours of walking with hundred pound packs that's nuts yeah that's, like, nuts. that's such a it's insane so their antlers uh, aren't as big on a fog neck but their bodies are just ridiculous they're rosies right yeah they're roosevelt's the one i shot was super heavy um, that's cool i've actually got his rack right here but yeah gra grab that if you want to grab that I'd have, i can grab it i think i gotta take a bunch of stuff off though <laughs> yeah you're fine gosh man Gosh, that sucker's yeah. heavy. Yeah, that that that's a yeah, that's a heavy bull. They must not have long main beams. They're more massive. Yeah, it's like super heavy. I think this is like it's almost like I don't know. I've got like I think I weighed it. I can't remember what the weight is. That's insane. Um, it's super heavy. Like it's super dense because you got to think like it's a fourteen hundred pound animal. Right. That's uh, fighting another fourteen hundred pound animal. So if they had long tines, they'd just be smacked. It wouldn't work with almost every elk there. Mm, that's a good. Has broken tines. Yeah, that's a Everything's good point. Everything's short and heavy. Like I mean, this this rack is probably like I don't even know what it scores. Not not crazy, you know. Um, but it it weighs more than like a three eighty bull. Huh? That's insane. That's how dense they are. Yeah, it's crazy. So what's it like finding a mature uh, animal on a fog neck? Is it pretty tough? Um. I don't know. It's not that tough finding the animals. I don't, I mean, it just depends. Like, I mean, we've got it pretty dialed. So, um, yeah, some people have trouble even finding them. I mean, we kind of know where they're at gotcha. there. So that's pretty cool. That part's not super hard, but like the access to getting to where they are from where you can get to is tough. Like 
you might know where they are, but it's like, well, okay, you kill it and then you got to carry it a long ways back. It's like most people wouldn't, most people moose, they're the size of a moose. So it's like most people moose hunt where they can get them out super easy. They use horses, they've got a river, they've got within a mile on flat stuff. And this is like, you've got to climb a 3000 foot mountain vertical both ways to kind of get in there and um, yeah, get in there and get them out and yeah, stuff. That's crazy. What? So a fog neck, man, epic level 10. Yep. Oh yeah. It's definitely a, a 10. It's fun. Huh? That's cool. And draw odds. Not so great. Um, yeah. Not really. That's one. I, that's one I want to do eventually. But it's so hard, man. How do you fit? How do you fit time for all the hunts that you want to do? Yeah, exactly. Do you just say yes to all of them, or do you actually try to like? Uh, is there some rhyme or reason um, to I, how your schedule goes? No, nah, I pretty much say yes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton's, Peyton's laughing because that's about like me. I'm like, oh yeah, Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I can make time for that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'll figure it out. I mean, and especially too, because you might have something planned, and then you draw something, and you're like, exactly. Crap what am I going to do now? You're like, well, I just got to go. I mean, there's some hunts that I've just like, I've literally only have like do a lot of e-scouting because I might be there for one day and it's like, Oh, I've got a bow hunt. I've got literally one and a half days to hunt. I I, I can't even count the amount of hunts that I've had. I've literally had one or two days and traveled a long ways to get there. But I mean, that's a lot of people, man. It's like, you got, you hunt on the week, you got a weekend to hunt. Hey, let's go make the most of it. And I've done really well doing that too. So, uh, but yeah. that's i mean uh, four kids um and uh actually would we'll put this on the record here one on the way whoops oh cool congratulations yeah, thanks uh so i mean i'm 35 years old that's dude it's about to get crazy my wife said no hunting next year i said oh babe come on yeah <laughs> so it, it's gonna be infinitely more challenging for me and i'm i'm kind of like you i don't ever say no i'm just like oh, i'll figure out a way oh, one day there one yeah. day there i'm like i could kill i could get something done that quick and it's like man then you like then you're like out on the hunt you're like wow i kind of over myself here I, what was i thinking at least oh, that, for sure that's at least how i get anyway yeah yeah i mean there's been times sometimes too like i'll have a, a couple tags that are nearby and i'll just it's like uh, if you've got an elk tag and a deer tag and uh antelope tag in like the same area and i'll just ping pong between every hunt i was like i don't i'm never successful doing that i gotta pick one thing yeah. and just focus on it but sometimes you just gotta yeah it's fun to just be moving and trying different stuff yeah for sure so um kyrgyzstan i want to hear about your uh i did obviously did mid-asian ibex uh literally i i was like i was on the internet and i was like thumbing around on instagram i was like man i'm gonna reach out to this outfitter to reach out to this outfitter, and six weeks later, I'm going on an Ibex hunt. I'm like, no way. <laughs> so I I know yours was – I think yours was in collaboration with uh, Seiko maybe? Yep. Seiko, yeah. okay. But I, I want to hear about that. Was that kind of a dream hunt for you? And, and tell me a little bit about that adventure. Yeah, it was definitely a dream hunt. I mean, I love sheep hunting. Anytime I can get on a sheep hunt, it's like that's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I go on – anytime I find somebody that draws a tag, like I try to jump on the hunt – I've been on, I've guided a lot of sheep hunts. I've been on a lot of sheep hunts myself, but drawn a few tags, some good tags as well. Um, and yeah, I think like, you know, when you think about sheep, like Marco Polo or Argali's are just like the top of it, yeah. you know, they're just so cool looking. And, um, and I, and I always wanted to travel to that part of the world. And so, um, yeah, it was definitely a dream hunt, you know, in that trip, like a little bit of behind the scenes, like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh. <laughs> it was like, I mean, 
I literally, I mean, and it sounds terrible, but I literally had one day to hunt there and that sucks because really just so much. Yeah. It was, uh, did your luggage not show? Yeah. Nothing really showed up. Um, travel, like we, it just took us, it took us essentially a week or more to get into camp. Like it was just, uh, like everything just kept going wrong. That's insane. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it just was that part of it was a bummer. Um, I wish I could have like really done more, you know, yeah. um, like it was kind of like in found Rams had to shoot the Ram because like we had to get out the next day. Oh, apparently. wow. Um, short lived. Yeah. So yeah, it was very short lived. So that part is kind of like a, a bummer. I would love, I would love to go back and chase Ibex. Yeah. Um, I think they were, they were just like so cool. Um, I got to see a few and you're like, oh yeah. So cool. and have a little bit more time. Yeah. So like for me, you know, the animal is part of it, but more it's the experience. And so yeah. like the experience was kind of cut short. So it was like, man, I felt like I just, uh, you know, I, I had an experience, which I think a lot of people said you might have an experience like this. And I did, <laughs> you know, and I was like, that's yeah. not going to happen to me. Yeah. Um, because you hear those stories of like, just, it, it, you know, like the logistics can get really yeah. screwed up really fast and it did. But, you know, I think now looking back on it, I was like, that part really sucked. But then I'm like, oh, it's just part of the story of like how, how yep. it went down. I, I waited in Caracol for two days waiting for my bags to show up. And my buddy who I was hunting with, he's like, let's just go. We can split gear. I'm like, dude, I am not going into the Taishung Mountains with like leftover, like hand-me-downs. Like, yeah, dude, it's, rough, it's rough stuff. And I don't know where you, you were hunting. Did you go Bishkek, Bishkek to Caracol and Caracol to the mountain? Uh, no, we went a, a different way, but, um, different part of the, different part of the country. But, uh, yeah, I mean, our, I would, it would have been a big deal. Like I would have been like, sweet, let's go. Uh, but it was for, uh, a rifle company, a Saco, like, you know, it was like, I would have been there if it wasn't for them. So I had to wait, like my gun was missing uh, and essentially got like stolen in, uh, in san francisco oh wow somebody that like had seen it on you know you like you hear his stories but like somebody had done something like illegally seized a gun that they weren't allowed to touch like they've got a um a uh what is it like i guess it's not tsa there it's uh um, it's like a private company that does really? the tsa yeah and somebody like grabbed the gun and took it and left it in customs after it had already been checked through and all the stuff was there and nobody could find it Gosh, that's insane. You know what I almost wonder? I wonder that sometimes people handling the guns, if they just hate guns, so they just do stuff to screw with us. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was an intentional yeah. thing. Uh, because at the and but here's the funny like the random like crazy funny thing is nobody could find the gun. It was completely missing. Like almost like reported stolen missing. Like it didn't wow. exist anymore. How how'd you eventually track and, it down? the somebody in customs was walking by and was like why is there this gun here they're like they do there's no paperwork on it they're like you know because normally customs would deal with a gun coming into the country right, right. And it's like they're like where he's like where is this gun what's the deal and uh, he looked at the written like i a, a, I taped over this thing with my name on it because I, I think a lot of my bag tags and everything were still on there um or i, I don't even know if they were uh, actually take that back but somehow my name was on it and he looked at it and he was like oh i know this guy follow him on instagram he sent me a message <laughs> oh you're kidding He's like, are you missing a gun and i was like yeah i'm missing a gun <laughs> and uh if it wasn't for that i wouldn't even be hunt- i was like you gotta be kidding me like, oh my god what are the odds of that 
you know? And so it was like somebody, you know, working in customs that hunts and it's like somebody that didn't hunt threw it in there, you know, like had no clue what they're doing. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, luckily I always like, I always threw locks inside my gun case. And so they were able to cut the locks and then, you know, check it and then lock it and then resend it. Oh, that's interesting. You throw an extra set in there? Oh yeah. Always. Huh. That, because it, you know, if you if you're missing a lock, if something happens and they had to cut a lock, then they can't ship it. Yeah, that's a know? good point. So I just Man. I keep like four locks in the gun case and then lock it up, and then that way, if something happens, like if I didn't do that, I would I wouldn't have been able to hunt. Well, wow. that's an excellent tip going forward. I am definitely yeah. going to put two locks in next time. Yeah, yeah, and even whether you use, I mean, I've had locks break. Like I've had a lot of locks break. You know, some of the like you know, number locks and had to cut them. I just had to cut blocks off, uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it just happens so much. Yeah. yeah that's great. How did you pronounce yeah. Seiko? I obviously butchered it. How do you pronounce it? Yeah. Seiko. Se- oh, Seiko. Okay. So we're, we're, did you reach out to them and ask them to overnight you something or was that even a possibility or, um, no, that's not a possibility Gotcha. because I had, you had, you know, I mean, you have to have your, your like, yeah, it just wouldn't work because oh, because you be, have your you know, the serial number already pre-done and all that stuff. Number that's already right. on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it had to be that gun. Yeah, uh-huh. ha, duh. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. So it was a stressful trip, or or how how do you handle stress? I know I would have been stressed out. Um. Yeah, I just kind of was like, well, this is just how it's going down. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Well, it sounds like yeah, you don't get too that. spun up then. Yeah, no. I, well, I mean, you try not to. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Well, dude, I want to go back in uh, two years for Ibex because I want to do a combo. Yeah. Um, so I'll, ha- I'll have to hit you up if I end up going back. But I, that's kind of my preliminary goals is go back and do Ibex See. again. It, it's just so epic. It's just so neat watching them things. Yeah, they are super cool. Uh, wait, when you said Seiko, I, Sako. Yeah, yeah. So is it Sako or Seiko? Seiko? I swear I heard you say Sako. it's Sako. Okay. Okay. Sako it is. One's a watch company. The other is a gun company. So what, okay. So Sako is the gun company. Yeah. Okay. And it's a Finnish company. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is kind of cool because I spent two years in Sweden actually. Oh, cool. And spent some time with some Finnish dudes. Lived with a couple of Finnish dudes. So they're awesome. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. So short lived. I mean, did you get the bug to do other international things when you did that hunt? I, I know I certainly did. I'm like, man, I want to do Altai. I want to go kill a bazaar in Turkey. Did you get some of that same? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've definitely got a list of places that I'd love to go check out, and um, I have for a while. So uh, there's there's definitely going to be some places that, you know, try to try to figure out ways to get there. And uh, Yeah, I've, I've got a good network of people that I know in, in, that work and live in some random places. So. Um, it's definitely going to be doable, but it's just, you know, time and figuring it out too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously like the whole COVID situation really, um, really put a hamper damper on, uh, a few, <laughs> a few adventures, but, uh, you know, in some ways it actually, like there was some other opportunities that came up because of it that I probably would have never been able to do otherwise too. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. yeah that's uh, cool, man. Is, is, yeah. So if you, if you had to pick, one species you could only hunt till you died. What would that species be? You know, I, yeah, I, I'm going to let you just answer that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been asked that question a lot, and it's like that's a really hard question. But a probably, honestly, probably mule deer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like the and there's a few reasons for that. It's like I love 
Like I love those big mountain hunts, but like you can hunt mule deer in the mountains and I would probably say sheep, but I just know it's like, I mean, realistically it's like, well, I mean, those tags are so few and far between and stuff. So it's like, Oh, well you can only hunt sheep. It's like, well, yeah, but how how often can you hunt them? You know, um, if every sheep, every hunt that I, and I don't even know if it's like, well, what sheep would it be? Um, so honestly, I think it would definitely be mule deer. I just love, I love their antlers. I love the way that like they're, I think it's probably the hardest thing to hunt with a bow in my opinion, like a big mature mule deer. Yeah. Um, especially in like a lot of places that I hunt, I feel like it's a lot more difficult than a lot of other hunts. Like you can do it your whole life and still never really be the best at it. Yeah. Um, like they, they always figure out ways to kind of trick you, you know? Yeah. And then I've had like some great over the counter tags where it's like, man, you're just struggling to find a mule deer, yep. but you know, you might kill the one, you might not even see a buck. Um, so I think there's just so much variety in it that I love it. And it's kind of one of those, like, it's your, it's funny when I was growing up, it's like all we had to hunt was mule deer. Mm-hmm. So you're like, man, I just want to hunt something else. <laughs> yeah. And then you like, oh, over time, that's how like, I felt too. mule deer is pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I not having had too many conversations with you. I, I almost would have bet a thousand bucks. You just said mule deer. Really? Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just, um, man, there's just so much, like, it's such a challenge. There's so many different, you can, you could go hunt mule deer in the flat breaks of like Montana and then you can go hunt them in like, you know, the Alpine of color. Like there's just, yeah. they're in every type of terrain, every kind of, and there's just, and it's a pure, in my opinion, especially with like a bow, it's like a pure spot and stock game. Yeah. It's so fun. I don't so think fun. there's a more spot and stock challenge, you know? Yeah, it's never the same. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I have the same personality. I don't like to do the same things all the time. And, yeah. you know, chasing mule deer in so many different environments, like for example, a, 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 a you know, a, a desert mule deer next to the Mexico border, he's going to be- behave so much differently than say even a, a Nevada or a Utah desert mule deer. It's, oh, for sure. They don't go in the mountains, even though there's mountains yeah. there that run those, that, those, that, that range that runs in the snow range that runs from Mexico into Arizona, New Mexico. It's like you, here, they're in the mountains, you know, yeah. and there they, they don't even get into the mountains. Kind of like old Mexico where you, you know, the coos deer in the mountains and the, and the mule deer in the flats. It's just so crazy how much different the hunting is just from state to state with mule deer. And I think that's what, and like you said, they're smart. Oh yeah. And it's, it's cat and mouse, it's strategy and, you know, knocking down a big mule deer with a bow. There's nothing quite like it. Oh yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good stuff. So, um, well, I, I know one question I had for you. So tell me about this new production stuff that that you yeah. that you got going. Okay, so I watched that Newfoundland moose hunt, and I kind of saw you look over, like you looked over to your right to make sure um, I think your cameraman had that second angle as that arrow was blowing through that moose. And yeah. I'm like, I wonder if Remy's like focusing – and, and just to look, you gave your cameraman, I wonder if Remy's focusing on like a super high level um, type of filming now where you're like trying to get those kill shots in the slow-mo and the 1020 or yeah, the 120 frames a second. And, you know, you went from POV to like really high level production. Talk about that. A- am I, am I yeah. wrong when I, I saw you give that look to make sure he's ready? No. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like having filmed stuff myself, like I know how to operate as a camera per like That's cool. operate a camera and like whatever. And I think that it's, um, I'm not, I'm not stopping doing self-filming or solo hunts. Like every hunt's a little bit different, you know? 
Um, so like, uh, but I just thought like, here's an opportunity to do some other stuff. That's, uh, I mean, kind of like things that I've done for other companies, but not necessarily have other people film it, like just know the people. So it's like a consistent group of people doing it. Um, like, you know, I've done stuff for Under Armour in the past, Under Armour films. And uh, it was always like a different camera guy or a different yeah. company, like coming and doing it. And it was in many ways, that is way harder yeah. than self-filming yeah. for me. Um, because it was just like, I, you know, like I like to hunt a certain way. I like to hike really yep. far. I like to go like, go like whatever it is. I like to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, dude, I'd rather just self-film. Yeah. Yep. And then so I thought, well, man, if I can create like my own little team group of people yeah. team and just like go out and do those same films, but, um, kind of with my own style and have like, you know, my, however I hunt, like we can incorporate that into it, then that'd be pretty sweet. So is it, is kind of in addition to, um, the self film stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, not self filming. Yeah. Um, and I'm also like, I don't also, also don't want to like get put in a box of like, Oh, this guy only does this because there are some things that I was like, man, I think we could do, uh, do some cool stuff. Like, um, you know, especially like having the patience to like yeah. wait for the right kind of shot. Yeah, exactly. That other camera set up and like, yeah. uh, it takes, it, I don't think people understand like how much of like, it's like, okay, like you have to stock it a certain way and it has to yep. be like the right scenario. And you're like, but I was, I was kind of like, uh, you know, we, we talked about it that ahead of time and trying to get that set up of like, how cool would it be yeah. with the bow to like, see, like, I mean, I, I run a, a heavy setup with my arrows mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, I just like curious of like getting that kind of different angle and like yeah. a little bit higher quality production out of it. Um, you know, so we'll always have like some, uh, I guess like our, those like benchmark yeah. film type things where someone else, and those are mostly going to be when I do something for a company. Yeah. Uh, of like, instead of just having a random crew come and do it. Right. Uh, and then still doing like, there's a lot of hunts that I'll just self film because it's just more my style, more something I just like, I like the challenge of uh, whatever. So yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a mix, but for sure. Um, so yeah, I've been stoked. I think people have been stoked on some of those. those oh yeah. Things. Yeah. I have a couple comments on a few of those things. Like I, I know those kill shots, uh, namely the caribou hunt and then the Newfoundland moose hunt. They were not, not on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just, I was telling my guys, I'm like, oh yeah, he, dude, do you realize he had to have two people stock in on this animal? And he also yep. had to have that, his cameraman not blow out the animal as he was like, he would have had to been like around you kind of turn to the side stocking in. And it was, it's cool because I'm with you in the sense that like, sometimes I'd rather, before I felt like I had a good crew too, um, I felt like I'd rather do do self film stuff my own because I could know I know how hard I could go. I knew the shots I wanted, and I could see your. We can call it a frustration if it is a frustration, but like having different cameramen all the time, you don't really get to know their style. And, and honestly, you know, cameramen who haven't gone hard in the paint, if you will, um, some of them might not like to push hard and get uncomfortable because that's sometimes to get the animal and to get the film, you everyone's really uncomfortable. And, and busting their yeah. ass and not everyone likes to hunt like that and every, you know what i mean so yeah. having a different cameraman all the time i could see them like wait we're gonna go over there and we got 20 minutes before light i'm not i'm not going or you know i'm not yeah. i'm not doing this or i'm not climbing up there we, we probably aren't even gonna see the animal we're gonna blow the shot and then you then the hunter has to stress about okay i gotta worry about trying to find this animal get on this animal kill him and i'm now i'm kind of have a little bit of anxiety about is this guy gonna 
keep up with me. He's getting a little bit grumpy, if you will. You, you know, you know the drill. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, and, and I mean, not to say like I actually there's a couple uh, people that I've worked with that are just like the highest level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're just like, dude, I would go on any hunt with them. Um, I've done a few uh, uh, with just some some different people, like some of the stuff that I did with the Saco uh, films, and and then um, some of the stuff with the Made with Meat company. Um, and I was just like, uh, dude, I don't hunt with those guys any day of the week. Like yeah. I hunt with them outside of, you know, filming or whatever, yeah. like just, just guys that like have that. Yeah. Let's go over there. Let's go that next ridge. Like, I don't care how far it is. We're going to go yeah. and not having to worry about that when you're hunting. But like you say, man, when you're self, that's what I love about the self filming aspect too, is like, I don't like to, it's a weird feeling too. Like on the, um, actually on the Saco care or sorry, the, uh, that recent Newfoundland caribou hunt, uh, there was a bigger bull that I probably could have killed, but I wasn't thinking enough of like having one guy stay a little bit further back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we snuck in essentially like a three pack sneaking in and that animal blew out like, and it was just kind of heartbreaking. Was that on the film? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember that giant blown out. Yeah. And it was just like, it was a bummer. And I was like, oh man, that was our, our good opportunity. Um, and thinking like, I hate that feeling of like wanting to blame something on someone else because it really, <laughs> it's like, I don't, it wasn't yeah. anyone else's fault. That was my, like, right. that was my fault. But also like if somebody else made a noise, like I put them in a position to like, and that's where it's like, if you're filming yourself, yeah, dude, everything, everything that goes wrong is all on you. Yeah, and you, you can just only like, blame you yourself. Get to suck it up and you own it. And it's so easy to just pawn blame off if you can. Yeah. So I hate that feeling of like, yeah. hmm, maybe it wasn't, you know, yeah. I just don't like that. Like, I don't like to be that person. I like to be that person that's like, yeah, yeah I, I screwed up, whatever. Like, that's how that's, I just right. don't like you can only blame and, yourself. And then everybody else, let's say you're stalking in and somebody accidentally drops something and that animal runs off. They feel just <laughs> as shitty too. So it's like, it's a terrible scenario to put people. Oh yeah. But, like, but how valuable is the cameraman that can stalk and film? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like, you got to yeah. keep those guys, you know? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> or, uh, I had a cameraman one time and I don't know, he had a high metabolism or something, but we'd be on a stock on a mule deer and he'd be open Snickers wrappers and all I could hear is the wrappers going. And we're like 40 yards from deer. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. And like, <laughs> so there's, there's a lot to say about a really good, a really good guy and cameraman. But you know, you know, when I watch those, those films, I could tell you had a new strategy going there and I like it. Yeah. I, I like, nice. I like it a lot. And the, and again, it goes down to, if you haven't done it, Maybe some people don't recognize the level of effort, you know, that goes into that. But I can only imagine the level of effort and planning and, and that goes into that. So hats off to you for doing that. That's cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So um, another question for you. Tell me tell me what's going on in uh, the world and some of your partners that you work with. I, I noticed that uh, – in who are you going to be working with in terms of outerwear stuff? Yeah, no uh... – yeah, I, I switched up my outerwear, the company that I work with. I, I mean, I've been with Under Armour for a very long time. Yeah. And um, and then I actually uh, just uh, today, and yeah, I, I started working with First Light now. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so. That was one of my uh, bets. I said it's going to be First Light. I told these guys this morning, I'm like, he's going to be going with First Light. Yeah, and I mean, it's not that, um, I think there was like, I, everybody was like, whoa, what happened? Is it yeah. this and is it that? And dude, it's, it's not even like, it's not even that. I think it's like, for me, um, I felt like I worked with Under Armour for a very long time. Um, 
and I helped kind of like develop their gear in a lot of ways to get like a kit that I thought was incredibly awesome. Yeah. And, and then I, and then also I think that like, I was like, and then I was like, and I like to kind of, so I haven't, I'd never changed companies that I'd worked with. And I thought, you know, maybe now it was a good time because yeah. like, um, I'm sure people understand there's like contracts and other things. So, um, and I wanted to, it wasn't even a contract thing. It was, yeah. I don't know if, know if people understand the way that like gears made, but it's a very long process. Like the, the clothes that you're looking at right now in like the development process will be two to four years out. Right. Right. And so, I mean, the, the kit that they kind of have now, I, I mean, I started like on that path four or five years ago and I wanted to see that to the end because I was like, I think it's, it's really good. And then once it kind of got through, it's like, okay, um, now where do I go? You know, mm-hmm. um, like that project was kind of done and I felt like it was a good natural, like point of like being able to move to another company that also does stuff within, um, you know, there's a few, oh, like I've got friends that work with first light, uh, that was a big factor. And yeah. then just being able to kind of like go somewhere new and do something new is kind of, ex- is very exciting Yeah, definitely. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, like, Hey, and there's a few things that I really like about like the reason I went to first light was, uh, primarily, I, I just think that like, we have the same philosophy in a lot of things mm-hmm. like we both are very passionate about conservation and I feel like they're very ingrained in like the Western hunting culture, yeah. which is like, that's my big thing, man. I mean, I live, breathe, eat, sleep, mountain hunting, Western big right. game hunting. And there's, they're so like in that world that it's, um, I think it's just going to be like a really good thing for both of us. So yeah. that I was pretty stoked about. That's cool. Congrats. And, uh, I, I think yeah. uh, first lights definitely improved, um, their kit in terms of backpacking stuff too. So I think where you're, more of a backpack, backcountry, mountain hunting type stuff. I think that's a really good fit. Um, you know, Under Under Armour's got some great stuff. One of the biggest companies in the world in terms of sportwear, right? Um, yeah. But I feel like, you know, uh, they have some good stuff. I've had those, uh, what are the pants I wear in the solids? The starts with an R. Uh, the Raider pants? Yes, the Raider. Are they Ridge Reaper Raider? Yeah. Yeah. Th- those are cool pant, but um, yeah. I just feel like some of their stuff isn't really like super conducive to you know backpack hunting. It's and I don't know if that was their goal was more whitetail tree stand type stuff. And obviously, like and props to Under Armour, they're they're a juggernaut, but um, just doesn't seem as conducive to backpack stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and and I think like you know where it's at now, it's um, it's a lot. It's it kind of got in that vein. Like their final versions of things now are, are pretty. Uh, I would say backpack friendly. There's still a couple pieces of kit that probably could, could make it better for backpack hunting. Um, but yeah, I think like the other thing too is, you know, it is a, it's a large company and they are in hunting, but at any point like that could end too, you know, yeah. so it'd be kind of, that's, you know, it's like first light's not getting out of hunting. Right. <laughs> right. Do, yeah. And, know, and that's been rumored about Under Armour for years. They didn't know whether they're, yeah. In fact, I'm I'm getting the I, people DM me all the time the 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 posts about Cam Haynes and about you. I'm like, yeah, I know, I saw it, and I just tell people, it's like, I wonder what's happening. It's like nothing's happening. Sometimes just people go different ways. And not they didn't have to get in a fight or an argument or like, oh, screw this or screw that. They fight. No, it's just sometimes people choose to go different directions and companies move different different ways yeah. and 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 they can amicably choose to, you know, go work elsewhere. And it's a, it's not, nothing's going on per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's what I can't speak for cam, but it was like, it's not like anything. I mean, as far as I, like we both just were kind of on the same track of like, 
you know, we were working with them for so long and it was just like a, a, a happened to be a point where we could choose to move on or go there. And it's like, I still text people that work that like, I still work with a lot of the people that worked there and, you know, they're some of my best friends. So it's not like anything happened. It's just, you know, you just want to try something new and do something different. And like, there's really no, no crazy story behind it, but yeah, I mean, maybe I wish there was, it'd be easier to explain. You know? <laughs> it's <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to do any explaining, man. And, yeah. uh, and you know, what's interesting. The internet always thinks they need an explanation too. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting world we live in. Yeah. I mean, I think like my explanation is like, I just always do what I think is like, for me, like what I'm going to enjoy and yeah. really want to do. And I'm like, I found those like, Hey man, you know, doing this and working with first light. Now I'm just like a renewed in some ways, kind of like renewed a passion for like some doing some gear testing and like yeah. some development of new stuff. And I, I really love being able to do that. And so I'm super stoked. Like that's kind of going to be a role that I get to take on. Oh, that's like, cool. Hey, you know, be really like a part of some of the new stuff that's going to yeah. come out and you won't even see this stuff for three or four, right. you know what I mean? So far down the track. Uh, but being a part of that process to me is like, I, I find that really exciting. Like yeah. I like, I like to have input and like be able to kind of like create things in a better way and like, you know, use the way that I, and I also am like understand like the way I use something isn't the way that everybody uses right. things, but kind of like, you know, be a part of that process. So um, to have that opportunity, I'm super pumped about it. And it kind of in, in many ways, like reinvigorated a little bit of like, Hey, it's something fresh. It's something new. Right. And I'm really excited about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things, just like how things go. Yeah, no, yeah. I think, I think that's super cool. I, and I can see your, your passion for this, uh, this new, uh, which I say this new leg in, in your journey. And I, that's really cool where you can actually be a part of it and implement some of your ideas and the things and ways how you use them. That's a big deal, especially with, yeah. you know, there's not, you know, I don't, I don't know the people, I know some people at first light and I don't know everyone internally, but chances are you spend more time in the hills than most at first light. You know, obviously Renella does it full time and things like that, but, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like some, sometimes the people are designers, they're, they're doing so much designing that they don't have the time to spend in the hills like you do. So that's why they rely on folks like you. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think that's a good company who they can rely on their quote unquote pros or ambassadors or whoever, so they can improve. So, um, that's pretty neat. And you know, Under Armour was, I'm sure Under Armour was good to you. They helped, uh, helped your brand and, and you helped oh, it, sure. and you helped theirs, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I, when I think back on it, you know, it's like, it's crazy that they were like, Hey man, we want to, we want to like partner with you and help you do stuff. Uh, when I was like, you know, realistically, when I started with them, I was essentially a hunting guide, you know, yeah. and like, like, well, here's a, here's a big company that like gave me a chance when other companies didn't. Right. And, uh, and that's really like, that says a lot. I know they're like, they've had their things of like people being like, Oh, uh, are they in hunting? And I was like, man, they've been nothing but supportive of like hunting, yeah. you know, it's like how many, it's like, yeah, everybody's like things happen, you know, whatever, you know, maybe you don't need, and you'd also don't hear all the sides of every no. story, but um, in the, like what other big companies like that large of a company are like, yeah, we've got hunting stuff and we like hunting, you know? Right. Not, not um, too many. Nike doesn't have a hunting line, right? Yeah. Right. Reebok. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. A buddy of mine who uh, used to do like sports stuff for a while. And obviously like things change, company cultures change, but there was a point where it was like in their headquarters, right. At their like press thing was like a big picture of like a, I was actually a picture of me, but yeah, it was just like a 
crossing a river and camouflage with a deer on my back. And you're like, that's nuts that that's like, that's their first impression, you know, of like whatever. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's... it was, uh, it was, I had a lot of fun with them and it was cool. It was a cool company. And you know, it's just, uh, one of those things you move on and you do new stuff. Yeah. That's cool, man. Oh, that's funny. Here we go. <clears throat> we can actually put this on. What company is he going to sign with next? Uh, Remy's favorite state to hunt. Yeah. Answer that real quick. I, I think I know that one, but go ahead. My favorite state to hunt. That's actually a really hard question to answer. I would say Nevada though. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like I grew up in Nevada, I live in Nevada and I, I've had, you know, I, I've hunted a lot of places and, um, uh, I think that like, I keep coming back to Nevada because it's just like, it gives you a really good opportunity to chase big stuff, which isn't necessarily like, yeah. I like the opportunity of being able to hunt a lot, but I can go out of state and hunt yeah. places over. Yeah, over sometimes you just want quality but, animals, right? Yeah. Yeah. And living in Same. Nevada just gives you like, it's a, it's not even easy hunting. It's like a different kind of hunting than most places do. Cause you're like, Oh, it's a really, I've been places. It's like you get a draw tag and you're like, Oh, it's like a slam dunk. And then some of the draw tags in Nevada, you're like, you're like, geez, these deer are way on edge. <laughs> you know, like, what did I get myself in? <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, but, uh, you've got, it's got cool seasons too. Like I love that early August archery deer season. Uh, it's hard to like get away from, you know, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, definitely. So. That is a cool season. My buddy from Maui, this is a funny one. He owns a charter in uh, in Alaska, but he li- he's from Maui. How does he get access to hunt more places on Maui than people from Maui? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I've got good friends there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I've got good connections. Speaking of Hawaii, uh, that is a fun hunt, dude. Axis deer is probably really my favorite my favorite deer to eat. Yeah, it is so good. And it's like it's candy. It's such a fun hunt. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like baby elk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but it's definitely one of my favorites. The only thing that makes elk sometimes better is just like a larger size cut. But outside of that, yeah. like you cannot beat axis deer. Yeah. It's like, it's like veal. Oh yeah. Bone in axis deer chops. I try to shoot as many does as I can too. And it's like, we just do like bone in, uh, like tomahawk style chops oh, yeah. with those. And Oh man. It's good stuff. Is that so a yearly good. deal for so, you or? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I go over there. I go over there quite often because I've actually got my grandma lives there, so oh, okay. um, I've got family that lives there. So uh, we go over there and, and visit and, and hunt and stuff like that. So. Heck yeah, man. Okay, so what? Uh, we're kind of wrapping this up here, but what uh, what hunts do you have for this year? Anything planned? Are you kind of waiting on draws or any adventure type hunts? Yeah, um, this year I, I mean I kind of always got a few things planned and then just wait for the draws. But I'll be headed to Argentina here in a little bit. New oh, Zealand. Cool. I mean, I spent I spent. I guess 13 years um, hunting New Zealand and like I've been locked out for the last three. So oh, dang, it's been yeah. kind of weird. Like I haven't been over there, you know, normally I split my year between kind of like Nevada, Montana and New Zealand. And now it's like not over there uh, this time. I would, I would be over there right now if it were open, but um, dang it, yeah, it's just not. So uh, I'll be, I'm going to go down to Argentina and try to chase some red deer down there oh, and okay. try to figure something else new out. And, uh, and then uh, I've got a caribou hunt planned with my dad and brother and some friends. Oh, that'd be cool. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think caribou are pretty awesome animals. I've got caribou sitting yeah. here. They're cool animals. And I think that it's like if you want to go caribou hunting in your lifetime, you got to do it now. Yeah. It's... I don't know. It's just like the opportunities are getting fewer and far between and way more expensive. Yeah, and, it's getting iffy. Uh, yeah, it's just like, and it's not even that, it's not that there's less caribou. Like there's, it's just regulations are changing and things are changing yep. places. And 
it's just becoming a lot more difficult. And I think yeah, it's I like, uh, I think it's an experience that you should. So it's like, I got, I like my brother hasn't taken a caribou. Uh, I've got a couple of friends. It's like, they haven't. And I was like, man, let's go. If you want a caribou, we got to go. Yeah. Let's just do it. We got to do it. That's cool. Um, so yeah, yeah those, that's a cool one. Um, did you do with Jeremy Rusnick a few years ago? You killed a slammer with him. He was telling yeah, me about that's that. That's actually this one here. Oh, is yeah. that one? Yeah. That yeah. thing is, I, I'm not sure you're into score or even scoring, but what's what? Isn't that like a 400, 420 bull or something crazy? Uh, no, he didn't make it that high. He's like mid three. He doesn't have. He's missing some like his tops are a little bit different and doesn't have uh, a couple points. But um, he actually blew out of the truck and filed down a few points too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like something that happened to me, man. That's funny. yeah, dude. I am. I am strap it down guy. Like I always strap everything down. That's funny. And we put the caribou rack in the bed of the truck. And it was below the rail caps. Uh-huh. I'm like, saw it. And a semi passed us and it created a draft that like blew the, blew the caribou out of the truck. And it was like, it, I don't know how it happened, but it was like skidding with, you know, it's like skidding. Uh, Jeremy stopped, and the thing's like skidding down the road. Oh my us. gosh! Like, oh, oh, this was, was this was pre taxidermy then. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Did you tear up his velvet? Did the taxidermist fix that, or what? Uh, no, it's funny the way it landed. Yeah, we were able to fix it. We harvested a little bit, but it landed like a back scratch, a little bit of back scratch. It was just got filed. Oh my <laughs> no, gosh! You know. that, that could have been way worse. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was I was fully expecting you just have pieces everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, was, that's funny yeah, dude no that's that's definitely one thing i want to get um obviously we're we're doing some heavily focused mule deer stuff for content for us this year so i can't do it this year but i have a buddy jonah that runs an outfit uh, in the brooks and uh i told him i'm like man i got to get up there and and do a caribou hunt eventually because i know the time's ticking on that one other caribou hunt i want to do is that green i want to do that greenland musk ox hunt have you considered that yeah that's like really high on my list i'm supposed to go this year um actually i've got a group of guys that i'm going with but uh the timing might have like got screwed up with uh some stuff got moved around and so i don't know if i'll still be able to go or what but yeah i'm supposed to be going uh and do that this uh uh, this august it's a tough time of year though with all our western stuff you know so it's like man i'm but it's a once in a lifetime type of thing. So I yeah. just need to suck it, it up. It was go. something that was, I was supposed to be going last year and then it got, you know, it got bumped to because of travel restrictions and everything. So it got bumped to this year, but it got bumped during a time that I already had something planned. So I don't know. We'll see, but I, I will end up there sometime. It's pretty cool. Like, uh, I don't know. Muskox seem like, I know it's not, uh, like a diff in a quote unquote difficult hunt, but I feel like that, especially in the winter time, the weather is so difficult and they're just like, craziest looking animals yeah they're nuts <laughs> huh and then I, I heard they're delicious too and boating in i think you boat into them and yeah yeah, yeah. i think the adventure yeah, early, there. early in the year yeah gotcha and then there's a norwegian caribou hunt that looks super dope and me having some scandinavian uh, roots i'd i'd like to do that one too yeah that's cool yeah well, right on man well um unless you have anything else we're going to wrap this up i appreciate you taking over an hour of your time to kind of chat with us. So uh, it was awesome talking to connecting with you. Um, hopefully we'll see you around. Awesome. Likewise. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Uh, you bet, man. Good luck. Bye. Thanks, dude. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast there with Remy. I don't know about you, but definitely learned some things, especially those backpacking tips. 
um, and how he utilizes garbage bags. That's a really good idea to line that inside. I'm, I'm probably going to start packing garbage bags so I can, you know, essentially not turn my pack into bear bait like he said. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment. Um, let us know how we can improve, share the show, help us grow it. And then also, we want to give you an opportunity again to get on board with Basemap. Basemap.com forward slash Freak. Save 20%. We get a little kickback on in one of the best mapping software there is in hunting GPS tech. So Basemap.com forward slash Freak. You can transfer all your waypoints over from on X, upload them directly into Basemap. You won't skip a beat there. So anyways, uh, appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you on the next one.